Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. Thank you guys for joining us. We're very excited to be here, and we're going to be talking about some very important subject matter uh, here in just a moment, and we definitely are grateful for the opportunity. We're so, so happy to be here. Um, One of the things that Mark and I have uh, really strived to do over the last six years, I guess now, maybe going on seven, um, on this show, this is getting into cheers uh, category as far as length of, of show on the on the air, but I'm kidding. But um, is that we wanted to provide important information to the citizen, the person that's out there listening, whether you're listening through iTunes, you're listening to our podcast, maybe you're listening live on uh, 98.7 News Talk 98.7, uh, maybe you're listening on SoundCloud, wherever you're listening. We want to just provide some real common sense information to help you understand certain things in the housing market. You know. There's a lot that goes on inside of the mortgage industry, the real estate industry, and how all that comes together when you go to close on your house. I mean, we're talking about starting all the way back when you apply for the loan. So we try to hit on all of that. Um, And one of the pieces of that puzzle to the homeowner's journey is their credit. Credit's important. It's not just important, but it is one of the single biggest drivers as it relates to getting someone approved. Um, And if you want your dream home, then you better have some good credit. And you don't have to have perfect credit, but you do have to have some credit. So with all that being said, we decided to bring in one of the experts from Credit Plus. And today we have Randall Brown right here with us in studio. Randall, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. And One of the things that Mark and I talked about off air that one of the thrusts of what our conversation would be about were a couple of things. But one of them is just some simple do's and don'ts, which we're going to get to in just a few minutes. But I want to first start out with just tell me a little bit about what it is that you guys do and just sort of give us the 30,000 foot overview. Simple, just kind of give us what you do. Uh, So at Credit Plus, uh, we are a third party verification provider. Uh, which means basically when the customer goes to the mortgage office to get a loan, we verify all the information and make sure that it's accurate. Mm-hmm. That's important because accuracy in today's time is very hard to sort of grab onto. And so we trust Credit Plus. We've used you guys for a long time. And I know that you've been with them for a long time. And when you're in the mortgage business, we have to find partners that are trustworthy and have shown a history of really being able to to keep things going in the right direction. And, and credit, obviously, is one of the bigger components of that. And so your your responsibilities, tell me a little bit about what you do from day to day. You you account rep? Is that- so I am a regional account executive. I mm-hmm. handle Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama. And it's my job to be a service, uh, a resource for the loan officers in case they need have any questions, things like that, and generate new business. That's awesome. Well, Mortgage Investors Group, we have over 100 loan officers, so I'm sure you've spoke with a few of ours over the, the days here. Um, now, when Mark talked to me about this new series that we're putting on the Credit Plus and talking about credit, um, I thought to myself, why haven't we done this before? Yeah, why haven't we? And and I did, I just 
I couldn't answer that because it's so important. Well, I, I tell you, one of the reasons yeah. is because I never really could reach anybody at you know at the different credit bureaus. You like Randall Equifax came walking and, into my office, said, "I'm here to help you. What can I do for you?" And I said, "That's awesome. Number one, we're going to get you on air." Right. <laughs> so, uh, so let's that, actually. Right. That's a very good stepping off point because. You know, you don't work for Equifax or you don't work for Experian. You work for Credit Plus, and you just mentioned the third-party piece of that. Um, help people understand because, you know, they know of Experian and Equifax or whatever, TransUnion or whatever. Um, can you tell us the difference between what they are and then what you are? Yeah, so the the credit agencies, they're, they're repositories so that we partner with them as far as any data that needs to be verified. So mm-hmm. basically what we do is – Take the data from all three, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, combine those, and then deliver them to uh, the lender. Mm-hmm. And it's great, too, because when you look at a report from Credit Plus, um, it's very user-friendly. It's very easy to read. And our loan officers need something that can be easily skimmed down. What, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Just where you're going with no. that. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, you know, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a loan officer at heart. I was a loan officer for my first 10 years at MIG, but you know, it's, it's put together so that you can simply look at it and say, okay, here's my credit lines. Here's where my balances are. Here's what my past 90 days, you know, history, if there are any lates, how many have I had and all that. And it's put in such a way that it's easily readable. Um, and sometimes you might have something that is lacking, and you can call them. I mean, that's what MIG, we can do that. We, we can call Randall. He helps take care of us. And they streamline it so well. Uh, the IT comes in through the systems that we use, our operating systems. Mm-hmm. But I had a question for Randall. Um, how does the customer, you know, so we pull this credit and we're looking at it. How does the customer obtain a copy of what we're seeing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if you've already pulled the credit bureau before then? Uh, if we if we pull it, if they come into our office and 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 if they come into your office and you pull the credit bureau, they can go to our website. Once you have that file number, they can go to our website and obtain a copy of that. Nice. I, see, yeah, I did not good. know that. Um, did you not go to that training? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, missed, I didn't know. I that missed that, that one. Um, well, because back in the day, we never did this, but I heard of people at other companies doing this. They'll just give credit reports away, like, what? hey, 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 like, like giving no. them like, uh, no, you can't do that, right? You can't. You give cannot them. do that per the contract that we have with the repositories as a credit reporting agency. Mm-hmm. Those reports are not allowed to be given because they have all the customers' information right. on there full account numbers, social, things like that. So they need to be given a consumer copy mm-hmm. that basically takes out some of that pertinent information. That's yeah. why. Yeah. See, because we get that question all the time. Why can't I have a copy of what you're looking at? Right. Well, you have to go over here to get it, but we didn't really know where there was right. until now. Yeah, exactly. And that's important because if people want a copy of it, then you need to be able to find that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's resources in, and, you know, their Credit Plus uh, website is a good place if you're a loan officer. You know, maybe your company's using somebody that you're not too happy with. I mean, check it out. You can. It's very easy to skim through and look at. And you guys have that uh, university for, I guess, lenders to be able to understand more of the tools that you guys have. Because you know, if you're a consumer out there listening, you want to be able to get approved. If you're a loan officer out there listening, you want to get people approved. And the way that we do that, especially when there's maybe rocky past, maybe there's some credit issues. Is that we need to be able to simulate what can we do for this person if they do this and they do that and they pay this off and they they close that account well what's going to happen 
when I do all those things? Well, that's one of the cool tools that Credit Plus has is they have this simulator that allows us. And that technology is pretty cool, Randall. Yeah, that technology is there. Uh, basically, what we do is just analyze the data mm-hmm. on previous reports, and that's how we come up with, okay, if a customer has this diversity of a credit report, then usually if they do this, then this will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's always the what-if simulation. It's pretty accurate. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's, it's very, very accurate. accurate. Yeah. And, I mean, our loan officers love it because, um, and you know, we don't want people to just go in and do the what-if simulator if they have, like, a, you know, a 520 credit score. I mean, we want to make sure that it's do, being done in a way that, okay, this person does have some good history. So we have some some levers there where we require it to be a certain score and all that. But, I mean, I know just firsthand dozens and dozens of loan officers that, Number one, they use it, but number two, it helps to get people approved, and that's what we're doing. And since a lot of times price is dependent on score, mm-hmm. so we can work with a customer to get their – even they have a you know regular high score, we can get them even higher that's on a right. couple of things. Yeah, and we, you know, we're always being consciously uh, careful – that's even the right way to put it – of we don't want to improve someone's credit – for the sole reason to improve their interest rate necessarily, because uh, we as a lender are responsible for that person paying the loan back. So we have to determine that based upon what the credit looks like. And but there are some programs that would be true. beneficial. No, that's for true. That's true. Um, but Don, Don, who is your manager, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching a video on his site and uh, it was very well done. Um, love his videos. Um, but he was talking about, you know, the lender's um, responsibility to make sure that they have the ability to repay. And that's one of our flagship mantras is that. And, and that's what Credit Plus helps us to do is to determine, you know, is this individual able to repay? And that, along with several other things, is kind of what we do. So, uh, Randall, stepping into another subject matter, um, one of the things that uh, I always hear, and this is from loan officers from consumers. I mean, you just, you definitely hear it all over the place and I'm going to set it up. And then on the other side of the break, we're going to jump into it, but that is about how is the credit score actually formed? <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like, okay, you've got a 740 credit score. Well, how did I get a 740 credit score? So I'd love to have you just unpack that a little bit for us and learn more about it because there's some things in here that you'll be surprised about how it is that a credit score is actually created and some things that go against conventional wisdom, you know? So anyway, we're going to get to that in just a moment right here on the Housing Hour. I'm I'm hunting, looking for a comma. This is awesome. I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm I'm, I'm hunting, looking for a comma. This is the housing hour with kevin ray continues helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it again kevin ray welcome back into the housing hour this is kevin ray here with mark griffith executive producer and co-host Thank you guys for joining us. Don't forget, this show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. You can locate anybody near you, any of our loan officers or branches. We have offices from Memphis all the way to the Tri-Cities. So definitely take advantage of going to MIGonline.com. 
Um, or you can do it the old-fashioned way, and it's 1-800-489-8910. Uh, we're here with Randall Brown from uh, Credit Plus, and we're talking about credit. And before we left the last uh, segment, we were talking just briefly, and I set up the question about how does a credit score actually create it. Randall, um, hit, hit me on that one. Tell me a little bit about how, is it, how does a, a credit score actually get a scored? Uh, so a FICO score is a proprietary algorithm uh, that is – owned by FICO. So what happens is they take revolving debt usage, credit utilization, new credit, credit history, and they put it all that in a pie. So therefore that accumulates a credit score. Uh, Usually it takes about three months to establish a score with at least three trade lines to develop that score also. Mm, What are some of the things that impact the score? I mean, balances, Revolving versus credit utilization. Yeah. Yeah. So you have your, your balances. You have uh, credit history. Uh, history plays about 15% of that credit score. A revolving utilization plays about 35% of your credit wow. score. Wow. And with that, you know, in the past, you always hear someone say, you know, don't use credit cards, but actually, credit cards make up the bulk of your credit score. So I always say you should have at least three credit cards because if you find your credit score being stagnant, it's because you don't have enough credit utilization. That's why your credit score is 900, Mark. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> um, that's probably cre- true. Credit utilization, that's an important one. Let's talk a little bit about that because um, you just nailed it. You know, if you have a balance, let's just say, let's say you have a credit limit of $1,000, right? And you owe seven hundred and twenty dollars on it, right? I know just from playing around with the what if simulator that if you brought that down and got it below like a fifty percent, so thirty three percent, so thirty three percent, okay. So it's going to tell you, look, if you can get his balance down or her balance down to three hundred and thirty three or whatever that number is, you can improve their credit score by like twenty four points or whatever. It's a it's a huge jump, is it not? It is, and and that's because what it is the the the, the algorithm is looking at the likelihood that you'll default on a loan within a twenty four month period, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you use that access to credit uh-huh. daily, then it's it's a negative factor because it looks like you're living off of that credit card. Mm-hmm. So you're living above your means is what that's telling the FICO algorithm. Therefore, your score goes down from that point. Hmm, that's interesting. And so, but what about? I've heard negative things about just paying off your card. So, if you got a two or three thousand dollar balance and you pay it off monthly, to zero out that that negatively affects you. Yeah. So, just like I told Kevin, credit is a constant contradiction because <laughs> that's true. Because what it is is, if you pay off that balance every month before that uh, repository looks at that file and it looks like you're not using that credit card. Mm. And not using it means that it's not showing them that you're responsible with that credit card, even though you are paying it off and it is responsible. But from that use factor, it's showing that it's not being used, therefore it's not playing into that score. That's interesting, and that's that's something that people fall prey to. Um, you will probably get the a benefit of having a low um, credit limit to your balance or to your highest 
credit limit to your balance, but you're not getting the utilization part of it. So that's interesting, Randall, and it is a contradiction. And people out there all the time, when I was originating, and I would tell someone if they did not have a credit score, then I had this little pitch that I would say. And this was a long time ago, but I would basically tell them, you know, you don't have a credit score. We're limited in what we can do from a lender perspective. We don't have a lot of programs. We don't have any programs that you can have no credit score. Now, I think THGA has something that maybe if you have insurance and you have some other uh, factors, which we'll talk about. But I always tell people, look, you can go down to your bank and say, look, I'd like to take out a credit card. I'll give you the money for that credit card. Is that still being done? Yes, that's a secured credit card um, is what they call it. Most Mm -hmm. of uh, the big banks and community banks and uh, credit unions have those four people that want mm-hmm. to come in and establish new debt. I think that's the best way to get started mm-hmm. uh, because, well, the best way to get started is to know what your score is mm-hmm. first, right? right? And then from there, when you look at that report, the next thing, your next step is to stop the bleeding. So whatever's negative on that report, you need to fix that. Mm-hmm. And once you fix what's negative on that reporting, that means that's collections any credit cards, you know, that, that's in collections, things that, that you haven't paid, fix those, and then establish new debt from there. Yeah. Now, I know what Mark is thinking right now, and he wanted to ask the question, but he didn't. I'll ask it for you, okay? okay? People always say, ooh, ooh, be careful with those collections. Don't just go all, go pay those off right away because it, it'll cause new activity on that collection. And then there's also the people who say, no, that, that collection's already been sold five times. So the original collector is over here. You're going to go pay them off. Well, they've already sold it over here to this person. So if you go over here and pay it off to this person, it's not really, you know. So talk to me a little bit about that, if you, if you know. I'm sure you So with, with the collection, um, it depends on when that collection was reported. So remember I told you the credit score is looking at the likelihood that you will default within a 24-month period. So any credit card or any collection, I'm sorry, any collection within that 24-month period, you want to pay it. Mm, Because what mm. happens is it's still within that 24-month time period. Now, if it's older than that 24-month period, it depends. So if you're in the process of getting a loan, you don't want to pay that because what will happen is the lender will pay that at closing for you mm-hmm. if it needs to be paid depending on the program that you're using. Right. Right. But if you're just if you're just wanting to start off not getting a loan, just, hey, I want to establish new credit, then pay it mm-hmm. because that way it'll 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 be done. It'll stop the bleeding and then you can establish new debt from there. And that older credit uh, that may be collections, how long does it actually stay on your report? Seven 44 years. years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, like, it's, seven? Like it's seven years. So it, it's seven years from the last date reported. So so is there anything that can change that? Because sometimes I see Pete, You're stuff. still getting calls. <laughs> As you're still, I'm still getting calls. No, can they renew it? I mean, if there's they, a collection or a judgment against you? They cannot. Um, and what happens is, even though they, they, they sell it, they keep selling it, um, it's still from that last date that it was reported from the original creditor. I've had um, customers in the past, and I, I will obviously not say names, but um, <clears throat> he has some collections on his account, this one individual specifically, and it happened twice. He, he was an attorney, <laughs> and um, he was very, very um, confrontational about this. And it was a long time ago. I mean, he sent, like, affidavits to this particular collection company. I've never seen something happen so fast. He said, go on and re my credit. And I was like, well, that does, that's not how it works. And he's like, trust me. 
So I was like, okay. And this is a long time ago. And that stuff had come off of there. So if you have something that's on your credit that you legally think that is a not yours or it was fraudulent or something like that, then Randall, Kevin, Mark, MIG, Credit Plus, there's only so much we can do if it's something that and, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but if it is something that is a fraudulent situation, yeah, you have resources, but like we're not going to be able to magically wave a wand over that and fix it, right? No. Um, so there is a dispute process with the three repositories. Um, and what it is, it, most of it is online. If you can go in and dispute, if it's truly inaccurate information, uh, then they would have to remove that from your credit report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like a credit card like people I've heard in the past that they say, well, that's not my, I didn't I didn't make that credit. You know, somebody bought something on Best Buy online. And you go and you say, now that's fraudulent. And they just wipe it off. I mean, there's going to be some research done. Yes. They're not just going to say, oh, okay, well, we'll believe you. You know, like on a credit. They verify right. with that creditor if that information is correct. So and, if you've had a credit card and, and was using it mm-hmm. and then say it's not fraudulent, then or say it's now fraudulent, and the creditor will say, no, this is his, and they'll show proof to those repositories, and they will not remove it. Mm, yeah, and that's good. How much time do we have left in this? Two minutes left. Um, we'll jump into this other subject matter real quick, and then we'll expand that when we get into the next um, into the next segment. Some people say, and this kind of goes along lines of credit utilization, but you know, if you pay your bills on time, you mentioned that it's the last uh, 24 months that the credit bureau looks at. But what about somebody who has a 30-day late three years ago? Or let's say they have a 90-day late three years ago. Are those still negatively impacting their credit score today? It, it will. So okay. if it, a 30-day late or any late is, is significant. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I've seen it being uh, 80 points. Wow. So it'll take you that amount of time to get those 80 points back, two to three years. Wow. Yeah. And that could really, really affect you. I mean, Mark, you were talking about like different programs, but also there's different tier pricing on interest rates. 80 points, that will shake some things up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You can, you know, work with a customer and see what's in his best interest and use that analyzer. I'm not going to say it's impossible to get a 30-day late taken off, but it's the one of the most difficult things is to get a company who they allege that you've paid it late. You have a client telling you in the other ear, no, 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 it wasn't. No, there's no way. I've got, you know, my baby's daddy's mama's sister was supposed to take it <laughs> to the post office. And there's just so much. It's very difficult. So you have to be consciously and very, very acutely aware of what you're paying and when you're paying it. Guys, we're going to continue this message right after these messages. You make me who I want to be. You make it Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. We also have Randall Brown in studio with us from Credit Plus. We want to thank you guys for joining us. Definitely check us out also on Facebook, facebook.com slash the housing hour. We're also on Twitter at the housing hour. And Mark is also on Pinterest. And I should pin some of the things you say <laughs> off air. <laughs> yeah, I am on Pinterest. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed of that. Randall, are you on Pinterest? I am on Pinterest. There you I have go. kids. So. See, there you go. <laughs> Wow. I love it. I'm impressed. It's wonderful. All right. So uh, Randall has given us some great information, and we really appreciate 
what he's uh, telling us. Um, you know, this is you know, this is back to credit utilization a little bit, Randall. But you know, when somebody's applying for a loan, and I don't know that loan officers always tell people this, but it's important because if somebody's applying, getting ready to apply for a loan, and they're like, "Oh, I need to close out some of these credit cards." No, no, exactly. Talk about that. No, no, no. Remember, we talked about credit history before. Uh, Credit history plays a big part, almost 20% in that algorithm. So the older the credit cards, the more likely that you do not want to close them. Mm. Uh, Even if you, you know, just you don't have to use them, but keep those old credit cards available. I have a credit card that I had since college. It's a $200 limit. Mm. And it's still a $200 limit today. I don't use it, but it's still available to me. You ought to um, send them a message and say, can I get that up to 300 <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want it at 300 <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the, the reason I mention that is because people a lot of times want to be so helpful to the lender. And they, they, you know, they do all this preparation work and they like, oh, I don't use that credit card anymore. I need to go on and close that, that credit card up. And totally understand where you're coming from guys that's a good you know thought process but remember what it is exactly what randall's saying is that it's all about credit history credit utilization and if you go and close accounts that the credit bureau is looking at as a positive to your score you might have a 725 credit score you go close out two of your most critical accounts because you're not using as much as you um, think you need to to make it worth it and guess what? Your credit score goes down to 640 or 650. I don't know what it would, but it would probably be 30-plus points, I would imagine. It's usually about 15. 15 points. And that could, that could change you from getting approved at a certain credit score. I mean, there's a lot of factors that that could play in. Another thing, too, Randall, and I hear this from loan officers all the time, is, um, and we try very hard to communicate it, but, okay, got approved, found a house. Um, now I need a new washer and dryer. I'm going down to Lowe's. I'm taking out a new credit. You know, talk yeah. about that. So when you're in the loan process, so I'm a former loan officer also. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the loan process, the last thing you want to do is go and try to establish new credit. Mm-hmm. Wait till that home close. Not mm-hmm. when you get the clear to close. Wait till that home actually right. closes and you sign all the documentation before you do anything with credit. Don't let anyone pull your credit while you're going through the loan process. And and part of the reason for that is because we've already approved this individual or pre-approved, whatever it is, pre-qualified and all those things based upon where your credit is. So you go out and you buy, you know, sofa and oh, I got to get a new sofa. Look at this new living room. You know, that's something that I've well, heard uh, people do. And they go out and they take out new credit. Yeah. And then the loan officer, you know, finds out about it three days before closing because the processor pulls that, that whatever they, what is it called? the last minute credit refresh report refresh report um and we're alerted you know the good thing is, and i tell people that we're stalking them credit wise yes because i don't know if you guys offer this service or not Um, undisclosed debt monitoring yes yes we love that yeah that's so great because i mean the good news is if we do get one of those notifications i mean we can't make a a a pickle go back to be a cucumber (laughs) but we can figure out how we might be able to to fix the situation, or maybe it's not going to negatively impact them. So at least we we're learning about it earlier in the process. Like they go out and they buy a car, you know, new $300 payment. 
well, okay, bud, you're not going to be able to get, you know, what are we going to do? You're going to have to sell that car is what you're going to have to do. So we know a little earlier in the process. It used to be we would only get notification like a couple of days before closing. So that's huge. That's a, I mean, you guys seem like you're on the forefront of that type of stuff. We are. We we try to be, um, try to come up with new products often uh, because what happens is the industry changes, right? So we have to stay on top of it as a third-party verification provider. And, you know, we just try to be innovative. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what keeps us uh, growing. Uh, mm-hmm. We've grown 400% in the last uh, four years. Wow. So Credit Plus is definitely glowing, and it's products like that that kind of help us uh, with our growth. That's great. That's really good information. Well, that's good because if people want to know more about this stuff, you just can call anybody at our office. Um, we have a lot of loan officers that could help you. Uh, but definitely don't hesitate. If you have a question about getting pre-qualified, we need to know because we can help you answer it. And it, it's a lot of times about credit. And sometimes there are things that pop up on somebody's credit that's erroneous. Um, it Maybe there is a misunderstanding, something like that. How do you resolve that. So if, if I'm working with a customer and they've got something on their report that we know that's just wrong or something's you know not right with it, how do you help mitigate that, those issues? So usually what happens is if, if there's some kind of documentation that they have that proves that it is erroneous or that it is a mistake, they would send that in to us. And then what we would do is, you know, you guys would send it to us and then we would send it to the repositories. They would verify that information and then get it back to you. Yeah, and and that's I think what you would have to have as far as the underwriter is concerned. I mean, they need to see those type of things that um, Credit Plus is really good about because we have to have it on the credit report sometimes, and not specifically that situation, but like if we have to update somebody's history and things like that. But sometimes there may be a, a, a something on the credit report, and the customer says, "I have no idea what that. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. That's not mine." I mean, so they're not going to have documentation. What do you do? To contact that creditor and say, you have to prove that you have a legitimate lien. Isn't there something in the law that states that there's a responsibility there? There is a responsibility there, but it all the responsibility goes to the creditor. So it's it's up to the creditor to prove to, or to provide documentation or information to the repositories that states that this is their debt. So mm-hmm. as long as that social, it's called PII data, personal identifying information, that PII data has to match that specific customer. If not, they have to remove it. See, well, so you may not have the documentation, and you can prove it by making them prove it. But what if they provide PII? Well, then you, it's yours. Well, mm-hmm. but what if you say, no, they have my, they have my PII. Well, Somebody got my PII. Then you're at an impasse. Right. Yeah. Then you go through the escalation process that you mentioned, right? Yeah, so th- there, there's been a lot concerning PII data. If you've been looking at the news, uh, taxes, yeah. judgments, and liens yes. uh, have come up. They're huge The great now. Don Clement just had a great video he about did. it. He yeah. did. Don, Don is amazing. Yeah. And what, what happened is basically PII, or shall I say liens and judgments, was being put on people's uh credit file and it was incorrect information which was affecting them in the process to get a loan Mm -hmm. so i mean there were a lot of lawsuits out there because people were not for not given the opportunity to get a loan Mm. and then therefore that information was incorrect so now the repositories they do not allow taxes uh judgments and liens on that report and here's the big kicker there is that that's going to fall back on the lender to make sure they're responsible because just because, you know, it doesn't show it doesn't mean that it's not there. So 
will be dependent more on the title companies to make sure that they are doing their searches properly, obviously, and that there's no, what do they call them? Um, you know, well, you look at a title, you know, any search. Yeah, but there's, it's called something, I can't remember, exceptions oh, to the title exactly. policy. Okay, right. And that's going to fall back on lenders like us to make sure. Because I think that I'm, I heard in Don's video that, you know, just because somebody's credit a score goes up because maybe something's come off doesn't mean that it's not still there. It's just this is the law of the land. This is what they're doing, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so when, some, when you're looking at a credit re- a report, how current is the information, one? And two, how accurate are the balances on credit so reporting? It, so a credit report is a snapshot that day. So think of it as a picture. So that can change the day before or tomorrow. It's just a picture that day. So that information is what you have that day. Now, if you made your payment and it hadn't posted yet, then that falls tomorrow. So your credit report, if we pulled it the next day, it will look different. But how accurate is those those balances? Would That picture that you're taking, is that 60-day-old information or is that current real-time? That's th- usually 30-day information okay. within 30 days. Yeah. Now, it all depends on when the creditor reports that information to the bureaus also because mm-hmm. that's how the bureaus also generate revenue is they charge lenders and creditors to report information right i mean yeah because exactly the credit bureaus are not um, government agencies these are privately owned companies and they i assume have some accountability you know because but you know not as much accountability as we have i'm I'm gonna promise you of that (laughs) but at the same time they have to you know be able to make money and there's a certain um set of ways they do that and some of it i wouldn't agree with just like maybe they wouldn't agree with things i do like for instance when somebody inquires about doing a refinance with me or with us well they're selling that to well you know not not maybe all of them and it's not credit plus it's the repository you know let's talk about repositories on the other side that's a good one exactly we'll do that because repositories are one of the most interesting things that and credit misunderstood and misunderstood for sure and we're going to do some word association with randall as well <laughs> all right thank you guys we'll be right back Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the housing hour. Our guest is getting tangled up with some amazing information. Um, but thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate this. And, and actually, Randall is helping us untangle the information from... I'm learning a lot. I, you are, absolutely. And, I, you know, education is so key to all of this. You know, it's what Randall's doing for us. There's some things that he's telling us that maybe we needed a refreshing. Maybe we didn't know at all. And it's good because this is why we have Credit Plus in our portfolio of vendors that we use because they provide great information um, and that's important to us. So uh, before we actually it was off air we were talking about um, the different credit scores. So if you go buy a car you might be told here's what your credit score is. You go get a credit card. You know so there's talk about that. Why is there different scores? Well there's different scoring modules. So in in the different scoring modules some things are weighed more heavily 
than others. Mm-hmm. So like we said, in a mortgage score, that, that's your usually your biggest asset, right? So that score is weighed heavily in different areas mm-hmm. uh, because, like I said, they're looking at the likelihood that you'll default in a 24-month period where a car loan, it's different because basically that's years a seven-year term. You know, mortgage is a 30-year term, so they want to make sure that the score that they have for the mortgage report weighs heavily and shows the true, uh, basically the true identity of who you are in the financial space. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at, you know, mortgage scores, um, you know, the credit karmas of the world, when you pull those scores, they're going to be different from when a lender pulls that score because it's a consumer-based score, which means the lender pulls an actual FICO, a true FICO score, and the FICO is a proprietary algorithm that the lenders pay to pull, whereas the credit karmas, those are free and they are consumer scores, which means they don't hurt your credit when you pull that credit report. Versus mm. a mortgage pool, it, it, it affects that credit score. Because mm-hmm. um, it shows that you're out there making a lot of inquiries. And, and you can pull your credit, like if you're shopping for a mortgage, for instance. You go to, let's say, uh, Regions Mortgage or whatever. And then you come to the your real home mortgage investors group. You can you can pull you can have your credit score pulled a few times in a certain window. Or am I wrong about that? You're you're right about that. So TransUnion it, it was 45 days, mm. uh, but TU has changed their policy to now it's 15 days. Wow. Um, so now and Good that's that's know. very recent. Uh, that's within the last couple of months. Wow. That change. So usually if they're looking, they want to shop that within a 15-day period. You've done tangle mm-hmm. me back up on that one. That, I did not realize that. That's important. We need to get that mm-hmm. information out. That's very important because, you know, we need to sh- be sure that we're telling people the correct info. Because I remember back, this is back, you know, when I was walking up the hill both ways to work. I told people it was 45 days, which it was. Um, you can have your credit pull multiple times because they were always concerned. Oh, I don't want you to pull my credit because I've already had somebody else do it. And I wanted to get their credit pool so I could deliver to them a real estimate. And if I didn't pull their credit, I could only say, ah, this is what I'm pretty sure I could do. But you've told me your credit score is 720, so here's what I can do for you. And I present that to them. So I would always encourage you, go on and let me pull your credit because you tell me you just had it pulled 15 days ago. So we need to make sure we're telling our loan officers that. That's very important. Now, you said TransUnion. Is there other uh, policies? The other- the other uh, Equifax and uh, Experian are still 45 days. Gotcha. But if you pull a tri-merge, you're pulling all three, so right. it has to be within that 15-day window. Gotcha. So, oh, wow. So let's understand what the repositories are. Name yeah. them again, and why are there three? So there's Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Uh, one thing that people don't realize, the, the repositories are all competitors. So that's why if you look at a credit score, no three scores are ever the same. Uh, I've been in the industry almost 12 years now, and, and I've never seen three credit scores exactly the same. It's because basically that algorithm that they use, each uh, repository uh, takes a different factor into place. Hmm. I I had one time, and the, the, um, it was a young person. His name was Damien, and he had 666, all three repositories. It was very strange. This up. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> and his father was yeah. Gregory. Adam has a question for us. That's what's other, because coming from a, com- a consumer's perspective, not being in the industry, why does it matter that I go and get my credit pulled multiple times to check along? Because to me, that's me, you know, maybe price matching, trying to get a good deal and those kind of things, but the credit company sees that as bad. Why is that? 
Because mm. it looks like that you're not getting approved and you're desperate for money. Um, so the, the more inquiries you have, it, it's, it looks at it as you need money. You're, you're desperate for money, so that has a negative factor on that credit. And, and you are not desperate for money, Adam. We know that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good for cash here. Yeah. Well, no, it's a good question though because in what he just mentioned, like with TransUnion, he, they've lowered that to 15 days, so they don't care the other two bureaus if it's within 45 days. It all goes under one mortgage inquiry. But then if you fall outside of that 45 days, then it's going to show as two, which will be an additional hit on your on your score. Um, it's interesting how that works. I'm not really sure the the reasoning behind it, but Randall makes a very good explanation. I mean, it does a it's the appearance factor, and that's really the key there. That's really important. Um, any other any other questions? That was all. That okay. was it. Cool. Thank you. Um, and then also the bureaus. When we're talking about that, you know, there's three bureaus. They're all competing, right? But not competing like, oh, hey, hey I'll give you a 740 credit score. No, that's not how it works. But they are competing for. You know, I don't know exactly what they're competing for. Well, to be honest, are they they're competing for revenue? Revenue, okay. Yeah, so that's always the bottom line. But are there regions in which one is more dominant than the other? Yes. Yeah, so if you look at how the uh, the repositories are set up, Equifax is more East Coast dominant. Uh, you have TU uh, Midwest and Experian Midwest to West Coast. That's mm. kind of how it works. Interesting. Do all uh, lenders and credit card companies and whoever else report into all three bureaus yes so it all required they're not required it depends on how big the uh the entity is so most if you see some kind of uh you know most smaller credit unions they only report Mm. to one because it's cheaper for them to report Mm. to one versus all three most of your big banks Mm. uh big creditors they report to all three that's interesting i did not realize that um Another question that I thought of with the with the bureaus when you asked that question is um, you talked about the FICO score, right? So you have these three companies. Now, how are their their models different and why? You know what I'm saying? I mean, so why the three scores different, yeah, right? Yeah. So what happens is like like we stated earlier that that FICO is they're, they're actually paying for that FICO. And what happens is they try to mirror the algorithm for it for that particular uh credit score so that's why it's no three repositories the algorithm isn't the same mm-hmm. so that's why the scores are different and you, he talked about the algorithm because it was like they put importance in certain areas uh, but generally speaking you said like credit utilization i think was i don't remember yeah, credit point. utilization uh credit history uh, new credit and diversity of so those percentages are just a little different little different the makeup is probably the same like the pie yeah but there's just different slivers of the pie that makes a lot of sense um and that's something that i knew but i never really thought it all the way through like that because some people say well hey my trans you know my equifax score or whatever is 770 and then you know then i get it and it's only 710 because we take the middle score is what we do. So you have the three bureaus, and then we take the, we take the high and we throw it out. We take the low and we throw it out, and we take the middle score, and that's what we use to set. Does, do all lenders do that? Is that yes, pretty it's much mid score? Yeah, because then we set your program, we set your your pricing, everything based upon that middle score. That's right. So that's what that's what lenders do. So when you're thinking, well, I have this credit score, then you need to think it all the way through. Well, what's my middle score is really what you need to be asking. 
And, and what about, you know, because we talked about the types of credit on there. How come utilities aren't on the credit report? How come, you know, some of the things that you pay that you get behind, you get lates on, mm-hmm. you know, you, they may shut down your electric. How come those don't appear on the credit report? Well, so that, that's been a big topic recently, alternative credit mm-hmm. um, and how is that being reported. So what happens is they, they took a look at the information and they felt like the electric company, the electric bill, the cell phone bill, it would actually hurt because what happens is people do pay those late. And if they reported those to the bureaus, then it would negatively affect their credit. So as of today, they don't want to use that information. But you can, if for your rental history, mm-hmm. you can use that as alternate credit sometimes. Right. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, we're thankful that we can use certain things on the, you know, if you have somebody who needs, uh, you know, to help with a repository, not a repository, but with a new credit line or a credit line, then we can verify certain things through your all's help to get some of that put on the credit bureau credit report so that we can show the ability to repay. Maybe we're trying to bolster the case. Maybe the underwriter wants us to, to increase you know what it is that we're trying to prove, and and one of those ways is well, look, they've made their they've made their rent payments on time, they've made their electricity bill, they've made their insurance, all that stuff. We want to make sure that we're doing that, and that's what's so helpful. Is it already the end of the show? Yeah, this is unbelievable, Randall. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we're going to have to have more discussions. We want to have you back. Maybe make this like a quarterly or yearly thing. Yep. Thank you guys. Thanks to Adam for the great question. And we'll see you guys next time right here on the Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.